Welcome to the Upgrade Your Education Business podcast. I'm your host, Samantha. Thank you so much for tuning in today, and I hope that you find this episode useful. If you're new to this podcast, each week I share fluff-free, actionable ideas tailored to education businesses that you can mould to suit your needs. And finally, if you enjoy listening to the podcast, it would mean the world to me if you could leave a review on iTunes or follow and subscribe on whichever platform you choose. Thank you once again for tuning in. Have you ever had an idea, spoken to people about it and started planning and creating it, feeling really excited, only to hit a wall because those feelings of doubt creep in? Will anyone buy this? How much should I charge? Am I charging too high, too low? You know what I mean. We've all experienced this. In today's episode, I want to mitigate some of these doubts so that before you even start spending your time and or money on bringing an idea to life, you can feel confident that it is something your clients want and they will invest in it. When you're forming a business idea or trying to breathe life into one, there are two fundamental aspects that need to be defined and analysed. They are what you'll deliver, and how you'll deliver it. The what relates to making sure that you've pinpointed the exact problems you're solving for your clients. And the how is the way you'll deliver these solutions while ensuring that they're compatible with your clients. And both of these things need to be aligned with what your clients actually want, not what you think they want. Because no matter how much you know that your clients need what you're offering, If they don't know they need it, then your idea will just remain as an idea. So to turn an idea to income, the idea itself needs to be robust. And that's what I'll focus on today. I've broken it down into three stages. Stage one is to check if an idea is a keeper. Stage two is analysing it from a strategic perspective. So things like making sure it's aligned with the direction you want to take your business in and getting feedback from potential customers. And stage three is about phasing your launch so that you can secure customers before you've invested time and money into bringing your idea to life or before you've actually launched. So let's dive into ways to make sure that your idea is robust and something you should invest your time and money into. As you know, I'm a firm believer in designing businesses so that we get what we want out of the experience of being a business owner. Because if we're not happy, if we're working in a way we don't like or working with customers we don't really want to work with, in my view, there's little point in running a business. So although this isn't a sophisticated technique, the first thing I always do when I have an idea is to let it sit for a week or two. Instead of having an idea and just going for it, I let it marinate. If it's an idea I can't shake and I continue to feel excited about it, I start the process. But if it's something I feel is a good idea, but I feel hesitant, then I hold back. I'll give you an example. I've been fully booked with a waiting list in my tuition business for a number of years And I felt pressured knowing that people were waiting for a lesson slot. So I decided that it would make sense to hire other tutors. I spent ages costing it, researching the systems I needed and so on. I even spoke to some tutors and parents who were interested. But 
and I did this about four times, each time I came close to making it happen, I backed off. I kept hesitating because I knew it would be a lot of admin and essentially it would be a numbers game to make it worthwhile for me. And none of that excited me. Now, judging by my past patterns, I can't make any promises that I won't revisit the idea, but I don't think I will because I realized two things. Firstly, the idea wasn't solving any problems for me. I'm at the stage of scaling my business and trying to work in a more sustainable way. And the admin and ongoing work associated with hiring tutors didn't really line up with that. And also, I realized that hiring tutors was never something that excited me. There are other ways to scale or create passive income streams that do appeal to me. So why would I go for something that might make business sense, but isn't aligned with how I want to work? On the flip side, when I thought about the tutors mastermind, I was excited. It was born from my own desire to share the thinking about my business with people who get it. And the more I spoke to other tutors, the more I realized that I wasn't alone. So with no hesitation, I knew that that idea was a keeper. So tune into your feelings and desires as a business owner and let that intuition be your first guide. Because if, say, you want to work less and earn more, there are loads of ways to achieve it. You don't have to go with something that you think you should do or makes good business sense if you don't feel excited by it. Now, let's say that you want to go further with an idea. The next stage is to be more strategic so that you have tangible ways to check the robustness of an idea. Something that resonated with me that I heard on the 10 Minute Entrepreneur podcast was how we sometimes lose focus on the one thing that makes us money because we get excited by a metaphorical shiny object. And of course, the risk there is that you compromise that one thing that keeps your business going. So at this stage, it's important to look at the big picture. If you have one, consult your strategic business plan. A strategic plan is different from a traditional business plan. It's a living document that acts like a GPS for your business. Put simply, you define where you are, you state where you want to go, and you map that route. I'll be running another workshop on that soon and sharing my templates. So if you want updates in your inbox, please follow the link at the bottom of the show notes. But even if you don't have a strategic plan, it's a good idea to take a step back and think about where this idea sits in your existing offering and why that would be appealing to your target audience. Here are a couple of examples. I'll do one for my tuition business and one for upgrade your education business so you can adapt this stage to whatever style business you own. With my tuition business, I launched group classes for entrance exams in 2020. Aside from that, I was offering one-to-one lessons. So the group format sat well with my current offering because it offered an alternative learning environment which presented benefits that were different to -to one-to-ones. Also, it offered a cheaper alternative for students who wanted to learn with me, but I was outside of their budget. And it gave people an option to learn with me while they waited for a one-to-one slot. So I could clearly see where it slotted into my existing business. And it was aligned with my goal to scale my tutoring business in a way that I would enjoy. It was definitely more appealing than hiring tutors. 
For Upgrade Your Education Business, my first idea before the Tutors Mastermind was all wrong. It was to create a library of training videos tailored to tuition businesses. It certainly offered a passive income stream for me, but like when I considered hiring tutors, I was hesitant. And when I thought about it, I realized that it wasn't really aligned with how I want to work. Yes, it would offer education businesses more support, but I knew that would compromise what I already offered, which was one-to-one mentoring sessions. So instead, I went with the group coaching model because it complemented what I already offered and presented its own unique benefits that one-to-one mentoring couldn't offer. So analysing the big picture is a great way of making sure that your offer isn't going to seem out of place in your business so that you can offer potential clients more than one way to work with you that still delivers the thing that you're known for. Another thing that's useful is to start talking to potential clients even before you've decided whether to go for an idea. When I thought about hiring tutors, I floated the idea with each person who joined my waiting list or booked a call with me before I created the tutors mastermind. In fact, when I had my initial idea, I spoke to educators in discovery calls and mentoring sessions. So even if you don't have many existing or potential clients to contact, you can start encouraging people to book a free call with you through calls to action in your marketing. And in that call, you can quickly float your new idea to see what they think and to create some excitement around it. And it's even better if you create a list of people who express interest so you can get in touch with them closer to your launch date. Now, the usefulness of this is twofold. Firstly, you get feedback from the people who you want to be your customers. And that means your idea can be steered by what they want and what they say they need. In short, you can make sure that your idea is something that your customers will invest in. Remember what I said at the beginning, defining what you offer and how you deliver it is important. So this live feedback helps you shape your idea from those angles as well. The second benefit from speaking to potential clients leads me to stage three, which is about phasing your launch so that you get clients before your idea has even gone live. By speaking to the very people you hope will invest in your new idea, you can form a sort of waiting list because you know they're interested because they've told you. I've done this a number of times and it works really well. Before I launched my group tuition classes, I spoke to all my existing clients and just among them, I filled half of those classes without even marketing them. When I launched the Tutors Mastermind, I invited the people who said they were interested to be a part of the first phase. Again, I had my first few clients with zero marketing. So it's a really valuable way of getting your first few clients so that you can provide social proof, testimonials, and gain momentum with attracting more people. It also provides that security. For instance, I speak to people who want to launch group sessions a lot, and their biggest worry is, what if I make a loss because I haven't got enough people enrolled? Well, this method mitigates that risk. Also, an important step that's often forgotten is the importance of opening your idea to testing and criticism. When we create something in our business, we feel proud of it and protective of it, which sometimes makes us a little defensive if someone questions whether it is indeed a good idea. But if you can open yourself to hearing honest feedback, it will only make your idea stronger. 
I was in this situation not too long ago where hearing criticism was hard, but really valuable. When I launched the first phase of the Tutors Mastermind, the invited members knew that they would be a part of shaping it. And I had this great idea, which I thought was one of the biggest selling points of our Hive Mind meetings. And that was to go into breakout rooms where each person presents a challenge that they're facing while the other members help them resolve it. I was so excited about this part and having spoken to people beforehand, they loved it too. And I was certain it was going to work. But just in our first session, it flopped. I asked the members for honest feedback and they all said that that part of it just didn't work, mainly because there was no guarantee that the others in the breakout room would have the experience or expertise to help one another. Now, the members were amazing because they didn't just tell me it didn't work. They presented possible alternatives. And thanks to them, together, we changed things. And now it's really strong and really valuable. But imagine if I had been defensive of the idea, if I had stuck with it and somehow tried to make it work, knowing that there was one pitfall that I couldn't overcome. I probably would have lost some of those members. And even if I managed to attract new ones, they wouldn't stay. So as hard as it was to hear that the one part that I thought was a selling point didn't work, despite the fact that I had to reshape it and change it on my website, getting honest feedback from clients and testing the idea was invaluable. Now, I've talked about a lot of ideas, so I'll finish my episode by summarizing them and then pointing you in the direction of what to do next if you're ready to launch your idea. The three stages that I've talked about are, number one is to tune into your desires as a business owner and let an idea sit with you so that at the very beginning, you're driven by your intuition. This is a valuable way of knowing whether an idea is a keeper, whether it needs to be scrapped, shelved, or just tweaked. Stage two is to be strategic in your analysis of your idea. A good way is to take a step back to make sure that your idea sits well with your existing offers, and importantly, that it doesn't compromise them. One thing I didn't mention is that this stage is an important way of protecting your brand in terms of how you've positioned yourself in your niche and what you're known for being an expert in. And stage three is to speak to as many clients, existing or potential ones, as possible about your new idea. Get their feedback, build a waiting list, and test your idea with a small number of them so that you're not putting pressure on yourself to get it perfect from day one. I find that this is a valuable thing to remember because often we delay launching things because they're not perfect yet, and we don't want to build the plane while it's flying, so to speak. But by doing a soft launch with just a few clients eases that pressure and it gives you the chance to iron out the creases in a way that you can only do when you've put an idea into practice. Of course, by doing that, you're getting valuable material to invest back into your business to attract more clients because you now have things like testimonials to share. So if you're at the stage where you're pretty much ready to launch or if you want ideas on how to promote your idea, you can do a couple of things. You can go back and listen to my three-part series on analysing why you're not attracting clients to your offer. These are episodes 12, 13 and 14. If, however, you want some tailored advice and you want to bounce specific ideas with me, click the link in the show notes and book a free discovery call. 
I speak to everyone before I work with them. So through our call, you'll walk away with some ideas and a plan of what to do next. Next week is an exciting episode because it links to my upcoming training workshop on the 24th of May 2022 that you're invited to join. And it's all about low effort, high impact social media strategies. So you'll hear from me next week. But for now, thank you for listening.